0: Hi, this is Erica Potter.
1: And this is Hunter Willis.
0: And this is Hot Girl Briefing. Hey, Erica. Hey, Hunter.
1: Guess what we're going to be talking about this week on our segment of Keep It Brief?
0: Um, are we going to talk about the party that I recently went to? Uh,
1: no, we can, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, I wonder what we're going to be talking about on our political podcast, literally. I know. Erica Politics. and I were
1: just talking about um, hosting duties over and how much fun that is um but no this week we're going to be talking about China's population policies so what well, was formerly known as the one child policy then evolved into the two child policy and now it's evolving into the three child policy so that is what we are going to be talking about this week on our keep it brief segment
0: I think on it's really little- interesting that they like have these policies because like I don't even want a child and I don't know but like if the government was telling me that like I could only have a certain amount I'd be like I feel like I have to do it just to spite you.
1: Okay, so the one-child policy started out in 1979, and essentially, the birth rate, right right when it started, it went up. The birth rate went up for a hot minute. And the problem with this is that the children that were being born were essentially not being allowed to have their, like, social security numbers of, like, what we would view it as. And America, Um, so essentially it's their house registration number and that's kind of like their social security number in China and essentially these children wouldn't have access to that and they wouldn't be allowed to. Go to school go to the hospital, which was a big problem, obviously, so this was a horrible issue that you know there were continuously more and more children being born, and it was more than just the one child per family at this point being born up until about right before the 90s hit. And clearly that's an issue because if these children aren't having access to education or healthcare, you know, it's going to leave behind an entire group of this population.
0: Well, so just to clarify, are you talking about like the children additional to the policy? Like past, like not like every child that's born, just like the one after.
1: Yeah, no, 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 no. So the first child would be registered with the household. But after that, the children would not be allowed to be registered to the
0: household. China really said illegitimate child
1: pretty much and so then it creates this whole like societal issue of like how are these children going to be taken care of so that's why there were so many children being put into orphanages and a lot of families abroad adopting Chinese children just because there were so many children to be adopted
0: well and then not only that it was also that it was males preferred so, yes. so there's so many like complications from this policy that I'm sure we'll talk about but the, when these additional child children were being born if Women gave birth to like girls, they were like, uh, no, I don't want that because they see it as the girl's gonna go get married off to a guy and then be responsible for that guy's family. So Mm -hmm. the Chinese families wanted men because the men take care of the older generations once they start to age and can't take care of themselves. So you just have hundreds and thousands of female babies just being like dropped off, abandoned, killed, whatnot.
1: mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a big societal issue. And so when this came into effect, it was this big thing of where even more children were being born. And then eventually the policy came to where, you know, the birth rate started to decline more and more and more until eventually you get to 2016. And then there's the two child policy that comes into effect, which China tried to implement. So essentially their um, birth rate wouldn't continue to keep on falling because once your birth rate starts falling that rapidly, you know, your population as it ages, it's going to have a really big problem of having the younger generations support the older generations, especially because when you start to get into like this upside down pyramid shape with Chinese families of, you know, one child supporting the parents and potentially even grandparents in the household, that's a lot of stress to be putting on that one child. So now this one child has to take care of not only their own immediate family, but also their parents and potentially also their grandparents. Economically, it is extremely hard to do. So and then the two-child policy comes into effect, where, you know, hey, China's going to say, we're going to stop this birth rate decline, we need to start getting our birth rate numbers higher and higher again, because it's just not sustainable at this point of how low it's going. And it got down to around 12 or 13, right around 13 um, total births in China per 1,000 people, according to BBC, which was also the source for the China statistical yearbook. Um, and then in 2020, it goes down to nine. So you're having 13 in 2016 for total births in China per 1,000 people down to nine, just within four years. That is an extreme decline in population. And how this population is going to support itself in the future, that is one of the big questions being asked
0: right now with China. But well, that we're you already see, seeing it the damage from this policy is already being seen. Now they're trying to like reverse it. They're like, oh, like we said to stop having so many kids. We didn't think you'd like actually do it like.
1: Yeah, and so um, President well, Xi Jinping, who's also the general party secretary, he just recently at the Politburo Bureau meeting for the CCP and it was May 31st in 2021, He announced a new plan for a three-child policy. So now these families can have up to three children, but you're still seeing this decline of where these only children, they really grew up being only children and they don't want to have more than one children. They really liked how they grew up. They liked having cousins instead of siblings and you know they liked having these different family dynamics that they've become accustomed to of just being only children, And now you know they don't really want to have a bunch of children they don't want to have big families they like the only child, the only child lifestyle and they're only having one child. And so, even now that the government is trying to incentivize them to have more and more children. They only want the one child and you can't force you can't force people to procreate you can you know essentially halt procreation and as we've seen through this policy but it's really hard to just. Flip that switch real quickly. It's going to take time. I mean it took almost 10 years later for the birth rate to truly start declining after the one-child policy came into effect. So if it came into effect in 2016 for the two-child policy and you're having that 10 years kind of go by, you're at least waiting until 2026 to have, start seeing these changes. And just within the five years that the 2016 the two-child policy has come into effect, you're already seeing a steep decline in birth rates. So if you're really trying to flip that switch, it's going to take a lot to try and get this population back up to the birth rate where it's sustainable for the population overall.
0: Well, it's not the only thing that's affecting the population, like increasing or birth rates increasing. It's also Mm -hmm. the fact that, like I was saying, when that when families preferred the males in the family, Mm -hmm. that created a disproportionate amount of males because, you know, some of these girls were being killed or, you know, adopted away. So now we have like way too many guys, not enough girls to marry the guys. So then you can't even start a family if you can't find someone to marry.
1: And then another problem off of that is that men societally in China don't, they want to be the more dominant partner. So they won't necessarily always engage with other people such as women who have degrees higher than them. And when you're in China and what we're seeing right now is that there are more women than men receiving terminal degrees, meaning PhDs or master's degrees. So you're already taking this extremely eligible bachelorette type of population and you're just cutting them down at the knees and saying, okay, well, like most men will not date you or go out with you or marry you and have children with you because you have a higher degree status than them. So now, since you're also having these other factors come in for society, it's like there were already enough problems with this population to get back on track. And now you're having all these societal issues come in where there's already too many men and there's not enough women. And then you already then you go and decrease the population again, even more by having more women receive terminal degrees than men, the population pool that has just been eligible to have more children has just been drastically decreased.
0: Well, I would say that China seems to be in need of a baby boom like we had mm-hmm. after World War II. However, the boomers are not my favorite generation. <laughs> so, listen, you know, we have a couple
1: that listen to this podcast. We can't be mean to the boomers.
0: Okay. The mean boomers. I'm not
1: the Karen boomer. The Karen boomer.
0: I'm not really a fan of cool boomers. You're cool. I like you. The cool um, boomers
1: are a vibe. The Karen boomers, I agree. Karens are, you know, they get a little wild.
0: I mean, it's just, I'm like, okay, if we have a baby boom in China, they could have a whole another generation. And I mean, Gen Z is kind of really destructive too. So who am I to put one generation <laughs> against another, but maybe, maybe China needs another war. I mean, not that I'm encouraging Listen, war, but we had a baby boom after world war II. So like baby.
1: Well, yeah. When you send a bunch of men away off to war and then all of a sudden they come back years later, it's like one of the best things to do at that point is let's have a giant family. Now that I'm back, I'm not in the danger and peril of having to worry about my life on the line every single day. Now I can afford to have children. Now I've gone off to war. I've you know received payment for being in the military. I'm back with my wife now. I can have a bunch of kids. Maybe
0: that they'll something so picky career. and settle down. They'll be like, oh, I survived war. Okay, I should probably settle down. I'll you know, I'll maybe, you- maybe a woman
1: with a terminal degree isn't the worst thing that could happen. Like-
0: I guess I'll marry you, Dr. Woman. I mean, listen, I that, like honestly, move.
1: that is one way to have a population boom. But another way is immigration. But with China, you don't really have a lot of immigration. But they have just recently really opened up to where if you are over 50% um, Chinese, ethnic Chinese, you can apply for passports for China. So that is one way that China's trying to regain more of a population, um,
0: which, you but know, I you would agree Twenty three a me. You have to, like, go to, if you want your Chinese passport, you have to show your 23 me. Yeah, no, I'm, 50%, I mean, a lot of, I'm 50% Chinese. Give me the passport.
1: I'm not 100% sure how it works. Um, I do think that there, you know, would be some DNA testing there, but. Like, I, I mean, Elizabeth think, oh,
0: Warren claimed herself to be Native American. Like, then somebody just claim to be Chinese? Like, you don't want to assume somebody's ethnicity.
1: You can. So I do believe that they are is some DNA element. I'm not hundred percent sure though. Don't quote me on that. I'm so sorry that we don't have research for this portion of the podcast, but well,
0: that China's pretty that, particular. Hmm? I said yeah. China's pretty particular. They're not gonna like let us know.
1: Yeah, so they're it's still one of those things where, not- you know, China is trying to get more of a population through methods like that of essentially having overseas ethnic Chinese um, come back to China to where they can help repopulate but it really is it's a lot of pressure on families to try and you know recuperate and try and have more children especially when prices in cities are becoming so expensive i mean it's how many millions of dollars just for a two bedroom apartment in beijing you know you can it's not affordable to have a bunch of children children are costly they are a costly adventure so if you're having a bunch of children it's going to cost you even more so and if you're already paying millions of dollars for a two-bedroom apartment in the city, and if you're trying to have a bedroom for each kid, congratulations, you only have room for one kid in your two-bedroom apartment. So,
0: well, so can we see this be en- ending the Chinese Communist Party?
1: I honestly think that this, for me personally, I think that this is one of China's biggest threats right here, especially domestically. Just because if you cannot sustain your population, you can't necessarily sustain a whole over control of the population. So I would argue that this is one of China's big threats to be concerned about in the coming years, just because if this is a fundamental fail of the Chinese Communist Party, you know, what what else could be much worse than having an entire generation having to go hungry because younger generations just simply cannot support the older generations? Well, I don't think that there's a more horrible domestic policy fail than that.
0: Well, besides the whole passport thing and increasing the population policy amount or just get, getting rid of it altogether, are there any other ways that they plan China plans on incentivizing? Like, I don't know, give like free healthcare to everybody who has a baby. I mean, don't I don't know what their healthcare situation is right now, but like make it free to have a baby or pay them to have babies. Like, I mean, do they have any sort of plan on that, have any sort of like discussion regarding their plans to incentivize their population to produce more.
1: Looking at that, I think that one of the best ways that China could do this, and it is a smart idea, this has also been reported by the BBC, would be to lift the restrictions on more countryside families, just because more traditional Chinese values for large families are stemming from that. Um, So we definitely see that coming into play here. Um, in his article, Stephen McDonald, the Chinese correspondent at BBC was also saying, you know, if you lift these policies, the countryside women will really want to go back to these large families. And it really does help out economically too, because now you're having these larger families help more in traditional farm labor, which, you know, why did people always want really big families in the past? It's so you could have a lot more farm help. That was traditionally why people would have such large families all the way through history. So if you kind of let history repeat itself, you'll have a bit more of a population to go about that. But then you'll also have the problem of how do we incorporate people from the countryside and start bringing them back into the city once these populations start increasing in the countryside. So then that also brings in other issues for domestic um, policy approaches. And you really have to kind of figure out how do we get from point A to point Z? Because just like we were talking about in our our immigration episode, you can't just have B or C. You can't have A, B, and C. You have to figure it out all the way through. So it's one of those issues of where China's really trying to play catch up with their population at this point.
0: As they just give everybody 10K per kid.
1: Honestly, I mean, that is an incentive. So if you incentivize people with money, you know it really helps lessen the burden for having children, which is one of the issues that we're seeing in American politics right now of why, you know, the population is decreasing in America. So you either have to make it up through domestic repopulation, or you have to bring in immigrants to repopulate the country. One way or the other, you have to do that to keep the birth rate and the citizen, you you don't want an upside down triangle, or, you know, a skinny kind of a triangle where there's less people at the top, more people at the bottom, just because people die as they get older. So you don't want you don't want big triangles in here so if you do give all these people incentive money incentives it would be a pretty solid way to approach this policy gap just because these people would have a lot less burden on them so essentially say you'll give more housing grants to people who are trying to have larger families so now that two million dollar apartment in Beijing if you're giving you know say $100,000, yeah, I mean, it's not a ton of money, like in the grand scheme of things, if you're paying millions of dollars for an apartment, but even $100,000, that's still a lot of money that could go towards raising a child. So I well, do we'll think that, that would be a good we'll have to
0: check back in. We'll have to check back in in 20 years and see what their population's at then.
1: We got at least 10 years, we have at least 10 years after the two-child policy went into effect in 2016. So Catch us in 2026 on this podcast, <laughs> revisiting this policy and seeing if anything majorly changed in the 10 years that, you know, has gone past since the two child policy has come into effect. And we'll see, we'll see if Chinese people are having more and more children or if the Chinese population is, you know, sticking kind of with the one child policy.
0: Yep. It'll be definitely something to watch. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for chatting with me, Hunter, about China's population policies.
1: Absolutely. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been a nice and quick little Keep It Brief. We know we've been getting along with them, so we wanted to keep this one kind of short and, you know, go back to the true roots of what a Keep It Brief episode is supposed to be like.
0: With that, we'll see you guys next week, and follow our Instagram, and rate, review, subscribe.
1: Please do it. It helps us out. It helps us find new listeners too. So if you guys really like this podcast, we can definitely use your help in spreading the word about it.
0: All right. Bye, Hunter. Bye, Erica.